I'm on the same scripture that we read to you last week. I didn't get a chance to preach, but about 10 minutes, maybe 15 max. I won't preach much longer than that today. But John chapter 4, verse 24, very simple passage of scripture. But I feel like getting off of my notes just a little bit today. Uh, maybe there's just, I have a feeling, this question has been coming to me. It's very shallow questions to us because we've been in the church for years. We've answered questions. And, and so it just seems like that people don't know the difference. And maybe it's because that what we talked about earlier today, people just simply discount differences in religions. Oh, well, you're splitting hairs. Or Listen, they that worship him, our scripture says right here, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit but it didn't stop there. You must worship, and must means that you have to. Now, we don't like that. We don't like that, but we don't like anybody telling us what to do. We want to be the, be the boss and you know, be the head coach, and we like to make our own decision. But, but that, I'm sorry, we can't change the word of the Lord. I think, I think the Bible says that it's forever settled. That means, that means when we get to judgment, we're going to be judged out of these books. That's why it's important we get it right. So we said, you must worship him in spirit. And I like the spirit that we felt here. I like the praise. I like the music. Amen. But it also said we have to worship him in truth. So let me just take a little break right here. Can we get that, that diagram up here of the New Testament uh, this is this is old stuff to some of you. Some of you have taught Bible studies for years. Some of you, you know. But but I want to just take this just for a moment. This is this is elementary stuff. But we Christian, all Christians, ought to know this. And I'm just going to throw this out here for some of you. Just kind of wonder. Well, I go to this church, but if it feels good, you know, I'll I'll, I'll go for a while. But if it doesn't feel good, I just go to someplace else. Because uh, it really doesn't matter. Because here's what the world, here's what Christianity is teaching us today. Join the church of your choice. Now, the problem with those non-biblical friends, that's not in the Bible, by the way. The problem with that is, is the society, after a while, you keep hearing that from enough popular preachers, strong voices, you keep hearing that, and after a while, you'll think that that says that in the Bible, that God said it or Jesus said it or something. It doesn't say that in the Bible, okay? So, so you have to go to find you a place that worships in spirit and in truth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four books of the New Testament. Amen. Had a great time with Sir Wingo's last Sunday. Amen. At their place. We talked right along this. This is, the, this is the New Testament here. All lined up on a bookshelf here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four books of the New Testament. Now, let me just say something. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a studier, you know, kind of a scholar, this might shock you. But the, the four Gospels, they're in our New Testament that they probably should have been in our Old Testament. All right, now I'm not planning on getting a sign and going march somewhere and tell them that, that that's, I'm not doing it. I'm just simply, this is my opinion. Here's why they should have been in the Old Testament. Because they still had a priest that you had to go see. The temple was still in order. They had the fire burning inside the Holy of Holies in the holy place. And you had to bring a, a lamb or a bullock or if you're extremely poor, you had to bring a turtle dove. They were still doing it. They were operating under the old Mosaic law all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But at the same time, that was the story of Jesus Christ, his birth, life, death, resurrection. Probably for that reason, that's why we, the scholars, decided to put it in the New Testament. But the problem is that we nowadays preachers and ministers and pastors when you come to them like we all do like what do I do to be saved they will take you to Matthew Mark Luke and John and try to get something out of that to tell you how to be saved but what do they just do they just went to the Old Testament but we're in the New Testament does that make sense that's how, I don't know if you do it, but when I listen to somebody preach, I listen to a wonderful preacher preach. Uh, when I was down home visiting, I had a scheduled place to preach, didn't get to preach because of a death. And so I just went and visited some of my charismatic kinfolks and went to their church. The guy preached good, but at the end, he asked people to come up and accept Christ as their personal Savior. And I'm still looking for that in the Bible. It's not a bad, it's a beautiful, sweet-sounding 
statement to get people to do. But again, it's not biblical. It's nowhere in the Bible. All right? And I listen to that because we have to worship him how? In spirit and in truth. I do read where Jesus said, unless you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And I do read where the man with the keys to the kingdom in Acts chapter two, when they asked, what must we do? The first thing he said, repent. So I read that in the Bible, but I don't find join the church of your choice. And I don't, I don't find a lot of these other statements, amen, like accepting Christ as your personal savior. So we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That it's, it's all right if it stays in the New Testament to me, all right? But I'm just simply saying it could go in the Old Testament because the book of Acts is the birthday of the church, the modern day church that we now live in. We're in the other end of it, but this is the beginning of it. Acts chapter two is where Jesus kept pointing to his disciples to go. And that's when he said in John, I'm with you now, but I shall be in you the hope of glory. Go to Jerusalem, I'm gonna send the, the comforter to you. But that's where it was poured out for the very first time ever in Acts chapter two. And you go right there and you find out how to be saved. The man with the keys to the kingdom. Listen, that is the purest form of the New Testament message. Acts chapter two, verse 38. Write that down, highlight it in your Bible. I said, that's the purest form. It's like the 10 commandments are the purest form of the law. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not, that's, that, that, everything else is built to hold that up. And so in the New Testament, the strongest message in the New Testament is Acts chapter two and verse 38. He simply answered the question. The question is still the same, ladies and gentlemen. Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's what you're thinking, some of you right now. What do I do? Amen. That is still the message. There's a lot of other things that, that surround that and hold it up, amen, and protect it. But Acts 2 and 38 is the thing we gotta do. We gotta repent, be baptized. Notice how it says it, every one of you, you got somebody telling you, oh, by the way, it'd be nice if you got baptized. They have no right to tell you that because that's not biblical, all right? He just simply answered that, repent and be baptized every one of you. That's the language of the scripture, amen. But he tells them how too, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells them what for, for the remission of sins. And then he tells them what'll happen after that, ye shall ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen, I, can, I got many other words I can exhort and testify to you. I'm just gonna spare that. But let me just tell you, that is the difference in a true church and a false church. Not crossing swords with every Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, Lutheran, prayer, whatever it might be. That's not what it's about. It's about telling you the truth and telling you what it's not, all right? Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Short sermon. I promise you, I will spare you. I'm gonna read this one more time. John 4, 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must, everybody say must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. You, you have a choice, but yet you don't have a choice, all right? I've got to do this. Amen. Look around, smile at somebody, tell them how good looking they are and how pretty their clothes are, amen, how much you care for them, don't lie too much, amen, and you may be seated, God bless you. This, this scripture is just like most all of the rest of the Bible, it, it, it is not complicated, it's not hard to understand, uh, you know, they used to tell us in Bible school, this is how you tell a good preacher from one that's not so good. Listen, a good preacher or a good communicator will take something complicated and make it simple. And one that's not so good will take something simple and complicate it. Well, God's word normally is pretty simple. It's no need to complicate this, amen. So this is one of those messages or one of those statements that God gave that's just really simple and not, it's just to the point, amen, and, and that's that. If you consider yourself a worshiper or if you wanna be a worshiper, the scripture just simply says you must do it in spirit 
and in truth. Now, how hard is that to understand? Amen. You know, we, we, I tell the story about, about uh, going back to the original that we just talked about, the very first time it was poured out. I tell the story about my brother and I helping my dad build a barn, and we were just teenagers, and my dad was a carpenter. He, he's the kind of guy that could just figure things out. Even if he wasn't, he'd just figure it out and do it. He was pretty good at just about everything he did. And so I remember he, would cut, he cut a rafter, a pattern, and left us with a pattern, said, now I'm gonna get up and start hanging those rafters, and, it, on, and we were on the outside of that barn, a pretty long strip of rafters, and, and he left us a pattern to go by. He said, you cut every rafter by that pattern. And I remember just going along and the reasoning that we had, like, hey, they all the same. Let's just get us that, that and the dude right there. But he got down a ways and he caught it. He said, hey, wait a minute. Are you boys using the right the right one there? Well, well, we used it. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You have to go back to the original pattern. Why? Because you're going to be a saw blade. That's not much. A width, a difference, amen, in measurement, just the width of the saw blade, whatever that is, a sixteenth, the eighth of an inch, whatever it might be, amen, and it's going to be that much off, which you don't notice at first. You can get three or four or five or six, and you won't even notice the difference. But when you get a ways down there, you could be an inch off, you could be two inches off. This is what religion has done. We've gone back part of the way. We're like, oh, where's our pattern? Well, it doesn't matter. We'll go back to the Methodist and the Baptist and we'll go back to the Catholic. No, no, no. We need to go back to the original outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That's the pattern. We need to find out what they preached, how they baptized, how they lived, what was important. This is what we're talking about here. We must do this in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, the scripture does not leave us any room for debate here. It's just the way it is, all right? Like Brother Green preached, that's the way it is. Amen. If you do it, is what he's saying, this is how you do it. Hallelujah. Now again, our human nature just doesn't like that approach. We like to pick and choose and decide what to do and what not to do. All right? Well, it's... The, the, the message for that is surrender. The message for that is give up. And I often go into the looking at the, you know, the New Testament church, uh, the Christians. If you read Paul's reading, uh, writings especially, you know, we like the word Christian. It sounds good. I'm a Christian. And people do it on TV and they do it. Oh, I am a Christian. But, but if you look at that word in the original, and this is another part that we don't like. It doesn't set right with us because we're used to calling the shots. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get down where we're living right now. I'm telling you what we need to do to be a true Christian. But in Paul's writing, it looks to me like the, the, a better word for Christian would be slave or servant. Now, that doesn't fit right with us at all because we don't believe in that. We don't like that. We just don't like the sound of it, especially me being one. But that's what it is. Paul said, I've been bought with a price. I am not my own. I had to surrender. I had to give up. Amen. And, and that's where, you know, we, we, we cross up. We're like, no, no, I just, I'm just going to be a Christian. But, but, but that's what Christian means in the true form. It means that we are servants of the Most High God. That's why Paul, even before he got the Holy Ghost, God saw him, even though he was wrong, he was Saul of Tarsus, breathing out threatenings, and he had papers, amen, to, to, to punish the Christians, and, and behead. he held the cloak of those that stones Stephen to death. He consented to that. And, and so, but he was a man, he was wrong, but I mean, he thought he was doing right. And he did everything he could, even though it was wrong. And he was, since, he was sincerely wrong, okay? And so God saw that in him and said, hey, you know what? He gonna suffer for me. And so he, notice his nature. Notice his, his attitude toward this whole thing. He wouldn't have had a problem with me preaching us being servants. In fact, he's the one that wrote most of that. But, but, but he was smitten down on the, the power of God. Oh, I love this part. He was smitten down on the road to Damascus because that's where he was. He had his entourage of men that had just stoned Stephen to death. And, and, and when the power, he recognized it as being God, even though he didn't have the Holy Ghost, he wasn't baptized 
in Jesus' name. Those Jesus folks were a big problem to him. They were stirring up things, amen. And so they weren't normal, okay? They were the peculiar people. They were the separated people. But when the power of God, he knew it was God, but he didn't know who he was. I mean, he knew it was a power because the first question he asked, amen, to this God that smote him off of his horse, he said, who art thou, Lord? That's a good question. We need to know who he is. And God said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. No, no, notice the next question. This is where we need to get. Amen. One first question, who are you? Second question, what would you have me to do? See, we pick and choose. This is what I do and this is what I won't do. No, 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 no. I, when the power of God, and God knows this, worshiping, worshiping him in spirit, and in truth, and we realize, like, you know, this is the way it's got to be. It's, I, I, you know, I got to do this. Now, I don't do this too often, but I bring this up every once in a while. When we came into the church, you could go to hell for everything and anything. Didn't matter. It was like, man, you're going to be lost. If you miss church, I, it, I had this fear. I said, oh, my God, I hope Jesus don't come back tonight. If he come back, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be going to hell. <laughs> Now, I don't really believe that nowadays, but, but what a motivator it was for me. I mean, it got me up and got me going. Now, we may have gone a little too far that way, but I think we've gone, we've swung the other way now. Ain't nothing you can do and be lost now. I go to, funer I go to funerals pretty often. I have people that ain't been to church, ain't going to church, won't do nothing for Jesus. You name it, that's what they do. But I'm sitting in a congregation and I hear, oh, they're in a better place now. Really? Now, I don't say anything about that. It's not the place to do it. <laughs> you know, when people die, you know, their kin folks, they're they high, they emotional, and all. You, don't, you don't tell people they lost. But I'm thinking, did, did they ever go to church? The Bible said all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire that burns with fire and many named a bunch of other people. And I'm like, I know this guy. I know what he'd been doing. I know what he hadn't been doing. And so they, they, they to, the, to the world nowadays, if you just name the name of him, you saved. Now, I'm, not I'm not saying they saved or lost. I'm just thinking according to the scripture, you think that's good? You know, the rich man lifted up his eyes being in torment because he just wouldn't help, you know, Lazarus out there. It's very clear in the Bible. You know, people are going to be lost and there's people going to be saved. I want to know how to be saved. I need to know what I need to do. Is God just kidding when he said, you know, repent and be baptized to everyone? Is that just a joke? Do I just get to pick and choose? When he says, be ye holy for I am holy, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and then I will receive you. Does that just, is God just kidding, kidding with us? I think every word that God says is him, whether it's a heaven or hell issue or not, I don't know. I'm gonna leave that up to you and God. I'm just simply gonna preach about it. We need to think about some of these things. What do we think we're gonna do when we meet God? This is how this thing works. Bless you. This is how this thing works. If I choose, if we choose not to worship, here's what I really believe. Now, I'm just going to kind of preach a little, little message here we've heard before. I believe that God will call someone else up to worship in your place. I read a little story in the book of Luke, chapter 19. It tells us in verse 39 that the Pharisees, they suggested, this is, this is right before his crucifixion and his resurrection. He was making his way, it, Palm Sunday is where this was. And they were laying palms in the street. He was riding that, that colt of a donkey -er, and he rode in there. That was prophesied that he would do that. And so, he was, and so people began to wave those palm branches and they began to cry out and worship him. And, and these, these Pharisees, these religious people, by the way, they suggested to the disciples, they said, uh, you know, hey, Jesus, or they suggested to Jesus, rather. They said, 
tell these disciples and these people to hold their peace. And, and they're getting a little too loud and they're getting a little boisterous with their worship of the master. Let me, let me tell you, folks, listen, the enemy has always tried to normalize and cause us to eventually discontinue or even leave off our worship. Listen, uh, Sister Carol, just talking to Sister Carol earlier, you know, it's people who like to come in and, and they just like it quiet. Let me tell you something. There's only two places we're going after this life's over and ain't neither one of them quiet. <laughs> I mean, heaven is gonna be like the sound of, 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 of waves crashing. You ever, you ever been to a rocky seashore somewhere? I have. Amen. The sound of many waters. You ever been to the Niagara Falls? You can't hear. I mean, we drove up, hey, Brother John, we drove up to the Niagara Falls. David Smith was driving one day. It was right behind the guy, and we drove up, and he said, hey, sir, we were still in the car. Could you tell me where the Niagara Falls are? The guy went. <laughs> I mean, you can't miss it. I mean, it's, you can't hear yourself when you get to, that's a David Smith, kind of a personal thing, you know, he's just, he's just hilarious. And uh, it just, uh, you know, it's noisy. And then people come to church and, and they go, okay, listen, listen, there's been, it was quiet here Thursday night, Brother Thompson. It just didn't get up and go, well, I, well, I can't stage this thing. I'm not gonna try to do it. But if it breaks out, I'm not gonna try to squelch it either. I'm gonna like, yes, praise him in the shout. Praise him in the dance. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye land. Shout with the voice of triumph. It'd be like going, it'd be like going to the Super Bowl. And when they make a touchdown and they, you know how they do, ah, they're going nuts. And, and somebody's saying, could you just like calm down just a little bit? You like, like cool it? No, it's not gonna work. Into the living rooms and dens of people all over the whole country. Hey, their favorite team makes a touchdown or a field goal. They go nuts. Why? Because we are emotional beings. And you're going to get excited. You're going to get it emotional. You're going to get emotional about what you care about. And so when people start caring about God and caring about what he said and what he does, amen, and the people he blesses and the promises he's given us, we just get excited. And a nice quiet service sometimes just don't cut it with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise, God. Praise God. Let me help us out a little bit. Listen. In verse 40 of Luke 19, when they said, hey, could you just like tell them to calm down? Could you be tell them to be a little more dignified? This is just, you know, hey, this is too much. We want everything in order. Well, it's in order, don't worry. All right, it, it is. Listen, you can get out of order by being quiet. You get right in order by making some noise here. Verse 40 of Luke 19, and he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Worship is one of the key components Amen. It's just, it's just something we can't afford to take out or leave out. It is a very necessary element that cannot be replaced with anything else. Somebody says, well, they're a good preacher. And a good, well, good. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. We need good preaching. We need good teaching. We need good music. But we need good worship too. Sincere worship, amen, needs to come from the lips and the hearts of God's people. I honestly believe that the gateway to all of our victories, amen, is to truly esteem and appreciate and value our worship. I'm gonna worship in spirit and truth. I don't know about you, amen. Jesus said, if these people cease to worship me, the stones will immediately cry out. That's how serious God is about it. And notice how they were worshiping. They were making some noise. 
because we're emotional people. Could, could it be, think with me just a moment. Could it be that the night that I, and you can put yourself in that place too if you want, when I first felt the presence of God so strong that I wept and sobbed and cried in repentance, it all happened because someone somewhere would not worship him in spirit and in truth. Could that be possible? Because I don't know. I, it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. I had, I had gone to a very nice Baptist church when I was a kid. My parents were backslidden and, and out of the church, and so a nice Baptist family picked us up, and my brother and I, and they took us to church. I remember feeling the Spirit of the Lord, and, and I felt I, I, I could hear, see and, and detect something in the, in the preaching. The guy was a, a, a preacher, and, and I remember just as a boy listening to that. But, but, and, and I felt the touch, felt a few goosebumps here and there, and I knew that there was a, there was a God. Amen. But, but you could just go so far there. Nobody got the Holy Ghost because that all stopped back there somewhere. You can't do that no more, all right? And so nobody got it. But, but I was in a little Pentecostal service and, and the preacher was preaching and all of a sudden something hit me like a ton of bricks. I fell on my knees and the tears began to stream. But they, what the difference was they gave me liberty. They encouraged me to open up to God. Could it be that somebody somewhere down the road or some church nearby would not worship in spirit and in truth and God just called a stone up somewhere? That's what Jesus was saying. If these hold their peace, the stones will immediately cry. You know what he was saying? Somebody's gonna worship me. It, it may not be you, but somebody's gonna give praise. Amen. Could it be that I'm just a rock that God called in someone else's place? Hallelujah. If I had a subtitle, amen, it would be let the stones cry out. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, God. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for not taking me out of this world. Thank you for picking me up out of a backslider's home. Amen. They had left you, walked away from you. But here I was caught in the middle. Amen. No way to church. Amen. But you pick me up and call me out. Hallelujah. Amen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? That's what the scriptures tells us. Did you realize that at the time Paul was writing about the spirit of God dwelling in the people, that, that there were all kinds of sins being committed there in the church at Corinth? You realize that? It names them. Envying, strife, divisions, all kind of things. Why was all this sin going on in the church? This is for maybe for some of you folks that are looking for the perfect church. Here's where I'm going to help somebody right now. All sin, and I'm, 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 I'm getting close, all right. All sin flows from replacing God as the central figure in our lives. I, I, I want you to write that down, put it in your pipe and smoke it. Because I've never made a truer statement. Amen. Put it in your little black book. All, I'm going to give that to you again. All sin flows from replacing God as the central figure of our worship. When we're talking about you have to worship him, you must worship him in spirit and truth. It's what we're talking about right now. Salvation is no more or no less than getting God back in his rightful place as the object of worship in our lives. That's what we've got to do, folks. And you talk about bringing on the shout. You talk about bringing on the Holy Ghost revival. When we, all of us, I'm not picking on anybody. I don't know what's most important to you. Your job may be important. Your family may be important. Football may be more important. God, whatever it may be. And nothing wrong with any of that. Amen. Listen, but what we have to do, and we got a building program to start here. We got money to raise. We got things to do here. We got souls to reach. We can't forget that either in the middle of our building program. But we better 
to pull this thing back. Amen. Amen. Front and center. Who Who is this about? What is this about? Amen. We have to put the true God. Amen. The one and only living God. God said, hey, listen, I created all this all by myself. Remember that? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shalt thou serve. Idolatry can be all kind of things. It doesn't have to be a stone god or something, or a figure. No, no, it, it can be all kinds of things that come between you, and the things that you take more time with and spend more money on. Amen, it can be that. That can become idolatry, and God hated it. Amen, here's what he said about Israel. Time and time again in the Old Testament, I don't mean to use an ugly word, it's not rated R, amen, but, it, but it, you might take it wrong sometimes, you qualified a little bit. He said Israel went whoring after other gods. You know why he's talking, God's got a relationship and he wants a relationship and he said he was jealous. I'm jealous of my people. And they went off after other gods. That's how he looked at it. They had a relationship with football. Amen. They had a relationship with making money. Amen. And nothing wrong with that. Amen. The love of money is the root of all evil. But we can get so caught up in it that it becomes idolatry. And God said, hey, I don't want that. I want you to get me back where I belong. Get the right God in the right place and it will solve our problems. We have worked and studied and attended conferences. I've been in the ministry now for 40-something years, almost going on 50 years, amen. And I felt the calling even when I was first, first prayed through when I was a kid. I mean, just a kid felt. I didn't know what it was, didn't know what to do, and I didn't know really what to do for years, amen. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm finally getting some place where I kind of got an inkling, an idea of what it's about. But we've done, we've worked in this organization. We've attended all kinds of conferences to try to figure out how to get people to stop serving the devil and the flesh and start obeying. God. We just tried to figure out how you do this. Listen, we can't write enough rules that will change the inward part of a man or a woman. Hallelujah. Listen, a change of heart cannot be ordered by the bishop or legislated by the by the board. That can't, listen, we can keep on making rules. It's not gonna do it. Listen, it will only happen when we get all of our attention on Jesus. When we fall in love with him like we're supposed to. When we do like Paul, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. What do you want me to do? Some of us are not there yet. Some of us are still, we're in charge. We got the reins of this thing. I'll serve Jesus if, if he serves. Listen, it don't work that way, friend. Let me tell you, I'm gonna do some old time speaking right now. He don't play second fiddle to nobody. You don't bargain with him. You surrender to him. You give up to him. You say, yes, God. Heaven is his throne. You don't know how big he is. The earth is his footstool. And I felt him patting his foot a little bit a while ago because I felt like an earthquake moving around here. Amen, he is an awesome God. He's a great God. He's the almighty God. He is the only God. And then we deal with him like, well, no, no. But here's the thing about him. Here's the good part. He is kind. He is long-suffering. He is merciful. He's not willing that any should perish. He's, he's, I'm throwing out the lifeline to somebody right now. You've, you've figured this thing all out and this is what I'll do. And this, let me tell you, here's what you do. Amen. You just surrender to God and he'll make those decisions for you. And we'll be like Paul. I've become a new creation and he, he will remake us. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we got to get Jesus the object of our worship. You got to worship in spirit and truth, but you got to get the right object of worship. And we've discovered his name is Jesus. Philip said, we hear you talking to the Father. How long will it be before you show us the Father? Philip, have you been so long with me and you don't know me? When you see me, Philip, you see the Father. Paul said he is the image of the invisible God. 
when Jesus walked on this earth, he was God. Hey, that's why when we're looking at our central figure of worship, that's why we have a problem with a three-headed God system. Don't mean to offend anybody. Amen. That was invented after all the disciples were already gone. Never heard of, never spoken of in the Bible. It came along. Amen. The Trinitarian, what they call the Trinitarian, they used to tell us anything with three heads is a freak. One head. God said, I'm in charge here. And when he came in the form of the son, amen, he, that was just flesh. That's all it was. Wasn't another God form. He wasn't a junior. Amen, it was God. That's what he said. He said that himself. I just take his word for it. Amen. No God formed before me is what God said. There'll be no God formed after me. <laughs> I am he, saith the Lord. We get the central figure, amen, the right person in place. Then, and we begin to pray and praise him. And that's worship. That's true worship. Can I get an amen back here somewhere? I'll cross over the line just a little bit, everyone. I realize what I'm doing. I'm a little controversial, but I need to get some of us thinking. I'm just not gonna, listen, I love the wonderful Catholic people. I love the Baptist Methodists. I love everyone, a wonderful, sweet people. They go to church because they have a desire to, to get somewhere, but, but we're doing like a bunch of lemmings. We're just following over the mountain and into the sea because the guy in front of us, that's what he does. I'm gonna go back past the Baptist and the Methodist and the Presbyterian and the Lutheran. If I'm naming your church, I love you and I love every one of them. And the Catholics, which is the universal and they're wonderful people, they treated us good when we rented their building. The only group that's got any authority. The, the, the minister had authority. All those denominations, they have no authority. Well, the board meets at a certain, God, and you remember this. You know, can we rent your building? Well, the board doesn't meet till the first of next month. And they had zero authority. I went with a Catholic priest and we show, he showed us the big church in uh, Reisterstown and, uh, that we rented for months and months. And hey, you like this room here? You like the cafeteria? Yeah, he said, well, do you want it? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you got it. They have apostolic authority. But they're wrong on their doctrine. So I'm not saying this to be mad at them and to have, have a fight with them. I'm just simply saying, hey, I read it and I read it different. They, have, they think they can change things when they want to every time they have a conference. I think it's forever settled. I think nobody can change. I can't change it. You can't change it. Amen. So it, it kind of makes them nervous. Hey, but guess some of them's getting the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Talking in tongues. You know why there's hungry people everywhere, every denomination? I want you to be saved, folks. And you know what? I'm gonna face God for you. What'd you tell them? I told them they need to repent. I told them they need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission. I'm telling them just what Peter said. And you gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. So I'm on solid ground, folks. Amen. So hope you don't get upset with me. Amen. The day that you seek me with your whole heart, that's what the scripture said. That's the day that I'll be found. Now, we just play patty cake with Jesus. Oh, well, Jesus, you know, no, 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 no. You've got to seek him with your, we got people that come here that can't get the Holy Ghost. I mean, they don't want it. It's kind of like my grandson looking in the refrigerator. Let me tell you, I can look past him and I see all kind of stuff in there, John. I can see all kind, I paid for it. I, I bought all that in there, you know. But he ain't gonna see nothing in there he won't. You know why? Because he's not hungry. When we get hungry and thirsty after the things of God, when we get sick of this world and realize what this world really is to us, it's like I quoted early. Job said, we're just a few days here. Life is a vapor that just appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. It's like a flower that grows up, amen, and then it's cut down and it withers, amen. That's all life is. When we realize that, it will pass us by. It's gone, but we're talking about eternal things. This wonderful, awesome God that we're preaching about that we've got in the very center of our worship and praise. He's the one that's gonna take us home with him and we're gonna live for eternity. Listen, there'll be no more pain. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more disappointments. Why, why wouldn't we wanna worship him and serve him? Hallelujah. I gotta quit. Gotta quit. Hallelujah. There's three musts. Just let's all stand together. Sister Melissa, if you'll come or somebody make me sound a little more spiritual. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all are a wonderful audience. Amen. Three musts. Three musts. 
in the Gospel of John. John 3, 7. Oh, I love the language of the scripture. John, Jesus told Nicodemus that you must be born again, John 3, 7. You must. You got to do this. But all we got to do is figure out what the born again experience consists of. What does that mean? Does that mean when I accept Christ, I mean I'm born again? No. No. Figure that out. Number two, Jesus must be lifted up, John 3, 14. He was lifted up literally, but see, we're still lifting him up. He must, he must be lifted up. Hallelujah. And then number three, John 4, 24, you must worship in spirit and in truth. Didn't give us a, didn't give us a choice on that. Didn't give us a choice. One cannot possibly lift Jesus up in a proper manner without being born again. If you just read these scriptures and put these together, you figure that you have to be born again. This is why there's so much confusion in religion. If you start out with your foundation, just accepting Christ as your personal Savior, you're going to be confused on all kind of stuff in the Bible. Holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by what? By the Spirit. They were in the Spirit when they wrote it. So if you don't get the Spirit, you're probably going to be on a whole different level, a whole different channel from them. So you're not going to understand it. If you pray through, and to do that, you surrender. Pray through. Pray through what? Pray through our carnality, our human reasoning. Pray through all of that stuff. And you get in a realm in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Then you can begin to understand some spiritual things. Hallelujah. We can't worship in spirit and in truth unless we first receive the spirit. How are you going to do that? Two important points. You can't worship God without, number one, the acceptable object. I just have a feeling there's people worshiping the wrong, wrong God. Number two, you can't worship God without the Holy Ghost. That's why we insist you must be born again. We have Bible for that too. You must be. It's what Jesus said. He said, without my spirit, ye are none of mine. That doesn't mean your worship isn't noticed. God took notice of Cornelius, what he was doing. But his worship was in ignorance and he needed a new object. That's why Peter was sent to him to reveal to him the proper object of worship. We have our roots in Abraham, folks. Christian church came from Abraham who was called out. Called out of what? He was called out of idolatry. What does that mean? That means you're worshiping the wrong thing. Land of Ur of the Chaldees came out of all of that. It, it, listen, let me just say this. It's not more faith that we need in this country and in this church. We don't need more faith. It's the proper object for our faith that really counts. We get focused on God. Woo. Hallelujah. That's what we need. We got faith all over this place. Amen. Listen, you can have mountains of faith, but if the central figure of that faith isn't correct, you're in trouble. My whole point, if we don't get focused on Jesus, we could be easily swept up into any kind of false doctrine, any kind of idea. People, it's happening all the time. Amen. Oh, but we, we, we have something explosive here. It's very explosive. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shalt thou serve. Listen, folks, he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. Hallelujah. First and the last, that's, that's who he is. And, 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 and he is the central focus of our praise and our worship in this church. I want you to get your sights on him. Praise God, and things will begin to happen in your life. You, you, can't, you can't worship the wrong things. It becomes idolatry. I feel his presence here. feel his presence here. Is anybody just open right now? Amen. God, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to know more. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm not there yet, God. I'm human. I'm weak. I'm not capable of doing very much for you. Amen. But God, I know that through you all things are possible to them that believe. Not, not y'all or them. No, no, no. It's just God all by himself. 
Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. You're my friend that sticks closer than a brother. You're my friend that promised never to leave me. Nor Who wouldn't want a friend like that? If I have a problem with that, you need to examine my head. Oh, what a deal we're getting here. Hallelujah. I feel like giving him praise. I feel like worshiping him. I'm moving on into a different realm of the Lord. Let's put our hands together right now. funeral parlor here. We got to kick this thing in high gear. We got to worship. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. They that wait upon the Lord shall they renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I feel the presence and the power of the Lord. I'm releasing that to you right now. Amen. You are an overcomer. Hallelujah. You are a victor. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you want to join us up here, amen. Let's get our focus on him right now. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Let me, let me say this to us here. That song is true. I mean, that's all you need. You get Jesus, then the rest of it's gonna take care of itself. Here's the temptation for us. The temptation is we do have real problems. We got family situations. We got folks that won't, we got kids and grandkids that won't behave themselves. They won't act right. And so our attention can be drawn over to all kind of things and issues and situations. It can happen right here in this church. It can happen. That's why we need to get the focus. And basically what that is, my grandkids, my kids, my friend, I'm, I'm basically focusing on me. We're all a little selfish, all right? But what I have to do is get my mind off of the things that hurt me and bother me and frustrate me and I have to get my focus off of that and get it back where it belongs. That's when we're going to see the Red Sea open in front of us. That's when we're going to see the, 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 the wall of Jericho that separates us from the promise of God. That's when we, that's going to come crashing down in front of us. We're all, and I'm, I'm confessing to us, we're all selfish to a degree, and some of us quite a bit, and all the focus is on me and my, and, and, and it's all about me. We, it's not about you, and it's not about me, but it's about him, amen. And he wants our full attention, amen. When we do that, amen, I think things are gonna start happening for us, amen, in faith right now, amen. Could we sing that song, amen, nobody but you, Lord, amen. Listen, God will fill you, bless you, deliver you if you got money or if you're broke as you can be, it don't matter, amen, but we have to realize that. I want the blessings of God on me. I want it on you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody want the blessing? Well, let's, let's, let's stop being selfish. Let's take our focus off of us and off of our feelings right now. Thank you, Jesus. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Come on, sing it with me right now. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. 
Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not something that has to be emotional. And we get emotional. But this is not something that we just get all shook up. No, no, no. Listen, this is the truth. You have to worship him in spirit. That's it. That's part. But you have to have truth. Stand on the truth. Heaven and earth shall pass, but one jot or one tittle of truth will never fail and never change. Amen. So I'm expecting good things to take place because you've decided there's one God. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, who's that he's praying to? Let me, let me just, I'm, I'm dealing with some shallow things right now. Amen. But, but let me deal with this. When you think of Father, you think of Spirit because the Bible said, God is a spirit and no man hath seen God at any time. So, but we put Father somehow on there, amen. But he is a spirit, he's not a person. God the Father is not a person. The, if we're gonna go by the Bible, the Bible said God is a spirit and no man's seen, seen God at any time. So when Jesus prayed to the Father, he prayed to the spirit. Not the old man, older God with a white beard and a robe on a throne. That's not biblical. No scripture for that. That's what we've done. Human beings have done that. All right? He is a spirit. He's all places at one time. And when Jesus came, he was not the second person in a Godhead that doesn't exist scripturally. He was God. And that's what we're talking about. We've got to get our focus on the right God. And the Bible said there's just one. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is my son, and I'm well pleased. That was the spirit, the omnipresent spirit of God. Hallelujah. And I can give you many, 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 many scriptures on that. We're Jesus' name, folks. We're one. That's why when we get in the water, we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. Because there's none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. I don't want no titles called over me. And I'm not calling any titles over me. I'm calling a name, amen, that's above every other name. And it will put sins in remission. It's the same word that my doctors use. Amen. If you go back in the original, it's the same word, remission, is when cancer, my cancer's in remission. It can't be found. It's, in, it's sleeping. It's somewhere. It's gone. And that's what sins do when you go under that water in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, because it's for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. I feel a revival breakthrough. I feel something coming on in my spirit. I want you to be a part of it. I hope I created some questions. We love questions. Listen, if I preach and there's no questions, I don't think I preach right. So I hope I did stir up something. Well, what about this for you? Well, you bring them on, all right? We'll try to give you a good biblical answer for those, okay? Let's put our hands together one more time. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday night. We have a missionary, you heard it on a, a missionary. We love missionaries here. Uh, uh, Brother Tear, uh, he's from some of those, uh, what is that? Uh, yeah, I got it here somewhere. I put it down somewhere. Hallelujah. Slo Slovakia and Serbia. Sorry, doing you that way. Amen. So he'll be interesting. I talked to him on the phone. Sounds like a really nice guy. So he'll preach to us on Wednesday night. Show up, bring a friend. Amen, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thanks for giving, by the way, and helping do what we need to do around here. Oh, the food in the back, and that's for everybody. That's for everybody. Okay, fundraiser dinner back here. I'm sorry, fundraiser dinner. Stop by back here and get something to eat on your way out. Give us a lot of money. First, if you're a guest here, if you're a first time guest, yours is free.